Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Now, before we get into our next topic, anyone who listens to my weekend show that's based around health and wellness will know that I am vehemently opposed to diet culture, which gets people to view a smaller, thinner body as a better body and something to aspire to. And with almost 70% of our body weight determined by our genetics, that isn't always possible for everyone. And it pushes people into unhealthy behaviours around food, movement, body image and mental health. So we're going to talk about Ozempic, a weight loss drug, which is favoured by some of the Hollywood elite to get themselves ready for an award season, it's safe to say it's not top of my wish list for people. However, I do recognise free will for one and also the wish to treat diabetes for which this drug has been licensed and also for those who want to look at their weight for reasons outside of fitting into some body ideal that society has set for them. So that said, let's talk a little bit about Ozempic because it's continuing to see shortages in Ireland. As I said, it's only been approved to treat type 2 diabetes, but demands from patients with obesity who are prescribed the drug off-label, as it's known, is contributing to the ongoing lack of supply. And we'll go to the phones where Ashley is waiting. Ashley, you're very welcome to Lunchtime Live. How are you? Thanks very much. Not too bad, thank you. So Ashley, you are on Ozempic. So tell us a little bit about why you went on it in the first place. So when I, just before I started going on Ozempic, I was the heaviest weight I'd ever been. I was 22 stone. Uh, it's 134 kilos and I'm 180 centimetres. So I'm nearly six foot. So someone of that height and that weight is very large. Um, and I had tried for, I've basically been overweight 15, 14, 15 year, years. And um, I just basically tried everything. I tried the diets, I tried the gyms, I tried everything and failed every time. So when I heard about Azempic coming out, um, so I went on Azempic June of last year. So it only had just come out. This was long before the celebrities and all had started using it for, you know, celebrity weight loss and things like that. Um, and Basically, I just started taking it. Now, I was aware at the time there was only 5-10%. It works for 5-10% of people. Um, so I was hoping I was going to be one of them. And thankfully, I was. So 11 months in, I'm now down 6.5 stone um, or 41 kilos. And it's something that I post about um, on my TikTok profile. Um, but it wasn't like something that I did just because I wanted to lose weight. It was something that I did because I had to lose the weight. Medically, I needed to lose this weight because my BMI was 42, which is very, very high. Um, and I'm still not at a healthy BMI. My BMI is now 29, so I still have a long way to go. But it's working for me. Um, and um, what sort of adverse health effects were you experiencing due to carrying that weight? Um, well, I was suffering with my, my knees were quite sore and my hips were getting sore. So obviously the weight was putting a lot of pressure on my joints. I was suffering with high blood pressure um, and breathlessness. I couldn't walk like down the end of the road without being out of breath or up a flight of stairs. And it just got to the stage where I was like, I can't live my life like this. I have to do something about this, something drastic about this now. Um, In order to prolong my life, I was afraid that if if I kept going the way I was going and I didn't lose the weight, um, I wasn't going to be around for much longer, basically. And one of the reasons it works for some people is that it's an appetite suppressant. So yeah. what has life been like taking it? 
Um, yeah, it's been brilliant, to be honest. So how it works is it slows down the emptying of your stomach. So it gives you that feeling of being fuller for longer. Um, so basically a feeling of satiety. Um, and the main thing like that I say to people, especially when I'm when I'm talking about it on social media, is the most important thing in any weight loss journey is being in a calorie deficit. If you're in a calorie deficit, you will lose weight. And that's what Ozempic does technically. It puts you into a calorie deficit because you're eating less. Like at the very beginning, it was kind of, a little bit tough um, and I always say the good with the bad and I'm talking about it there was side effects um, but once you can get through those initial side effects you know the rest is plain sailing um, What were those side effects? It was just like gastric things like you know upset stomach nausea a little bit of vomiting headaches um, the usual kind of things and it's, it's just once you can get through them um, then you can you can get through anything basically on the journey and you're living on less calories or eating less. Do you think yeah. overeating was what had led you to gain weight in the first place? I'd say there was a few things. Like I had I had my now 14-year-old um, back in 2009. So obviously I put on a lot of weight in my pregnancy. Um, I was 22 when I became a mum, so I was quite young. Um, so I was a single mum for the first eight years. Um it was lifestyle, basically. It was being a single mum. It was working long hours. I was working in hospitals at the time. Um, and then I'd say probably the last maybe five to ten years probably was an overeating issue, definitely. I think it was a bad relationship with food. And do you think you have a healthier relationship with food now? A hundred percent. Like, I'd done a lot of research when I started on it about calorie deficits, high protein, low calories, what foods I should be eating. Um, I also, and I think it's very important to point out that for anyone that's considering going on a diet, as in a calorie deficit, don't restrict yourself. That's something I learned the hard way. And I think that's why I failed so many times, because if you restrict yourself and don't let yourself have the nice things, you're you're not going to stick to it. Um, but I definitely 100% have a much better relationship with food now. Yeah, there's just so much negative messaging around there about diets and 95% of people who go on diets will put back on the weight and more and it can damage your metabolism, your body image. Look, I've I've already stated how anti it I am and and it's with trepidation that I I discussed you, you, you going down this road. What will happen when you have to stop taking it because it's not suggested you stay on this long term, is it? Well, I'll be staying on it for at least another year until I get to my target weight. And like any medication you're on long term, it's a case of coming off it gradually. So it'll be a case of reducing my dosage until I'm basically down to nothing. Um, And I've kind of taught myself through the process about developing a better relationship with food so that when I do come off it, I'm not going to put it all back on by going back into old habits. So I'm currently in the process of training my brain um, to keep sticking to those good eating habits um, and hopefully it will, it will, when I do come off it, it will stay like that and I'll keep with the good relationship with the food. Yeah, and look, I really respect that and that this is almost like a, a crutch for you on this, this journey. It's only one part of, of the work that you're doing. Yeah, so the other side of it obviously is to ten, doing 10,000 steps a day um, anyone that follows me on my TikTok will know that I set monthly challenges for myself um, where I push myself to get like 20,000, 25,000 steps in on certain days. Um, getting to the gym, doing lift, weight, um, lifting weights. Ozempic is amazing for the fact that it does work if it works for you. But standalone, you, it, there, there has to be a background to it. There has to be work put in in the background. It's not going to work solely on its own. 
You can't just take it and then not be active. Being active is a very important part of any weight loss journey, but especially when you're on an Olympic journey. So how are these shortages affecting you? Have you gone to the pharmacy to get it to be told, no, it's only for people with diabetes? Yeah, um, and I'm finding it's happening more and more. Um, I've just read online there an article as well about it where the HSE have actually told pharmacists to prioritise diabetics, which I can completely 100% understand because they need it for, you know, they're controlling their blood sugar, which can be a very serious thing if it's not controlled. Um, But it's very stressful for someone like me who needs this medication um, as well for what what is a health condition that's not fully being recognised as a health condition, which is obesity. Um, and I need this medication in order to treat my obesity. And I'm now due to take my next dose on Friday and I'm already starting to stress about getting it. Um, and the worry is just, we shouldn't have to have that worry. I shouldn't have to be stressing whether or not I have a prescription for medication. I shouldn't have that stress put on me whether or not I can actually get it. Well, Ashley, will you stay on the line? Because I want to bring in Susie. Uh, Susie is an advocate for obesity and you're also using the drug Ozempic. You're very welcome, Susie. How are you today? Hi, thank you for having me on. So what have been your experiences? Could you relate to, to a lot of what Ashley was saying? I, I can I, I can indeed. And one thing I'd like to say straight away, when Ashley said she tried everything all her life and, you know, many times losing weight and that she failed, she didn't fail. When you live with the chronic disease of obesity, it's that that is not enough for you to maintain that weight loss. So you're not failing um, in, in dieting. And this is why we have to stop this diet culture. People who struggle with their weight ongoing for their lives, and, and you're talking about people who lose more than two to three stone at a time and regain more each time. That's because it's a chronic relapsing disease and you're not failing, you just need the right treatment. And this treatment is one of many um, that does help people regulate their appetite. And I have to say, I, I don't fully um, agree with the calorie deficit because it's not something that is is scientifically proven for everybody to work, that that's the only thing you need to do. And it's not about getting to a healthy BMI either. You can lose some weight and lose uh, uh, even half the amount to get to a BMI that the chart would say, and you could have a vastly much healthier profile in when you go to the doctor and they check your health you can be a lot healthier so we hope people get away from thinking that you are only there when you get to this number this BMI number or a number on the scales remember I was told I should be between 8 and 10 stone all my life I lost 13 stone and I got to 11 and everybody told me I looked too thin and I looked ill so it's not about the numbers this is about a treatment treatment for something that is vastly out of many of our control which is appetite regulation which is hunger and hormones and unfortunately this shortage is putting patients into a tailspin yeah and susie again it's it's not about what you look like either i i i think that needs to be taken out of the conversation it's well, as well it's it's how healthy are you how healthy is your relationship with food how healthy is your relationship with your with your body with yourself are you punishing yourself with exercise and restricting yourself with calories i mean that's ultimately what's more important I feel, and where the science is at, rather than how you look or, or what it says on the scales. Of, of course, it is about how people feel. And we see in support groups people chatting and saying, I don't get why at 9pm I just get this sudden onset of hunger. And, and they blame themselves. And this is all about stigma. Stigma about not being able to get your medication, for one, but stigma for how patients feel for themselves. 
that they're not in control. And they'd say, I only meant to have one or two biscuits. And next thing I find, I've eaten half the packet. And I don't understand it because I have willpower. And I'm, I'm successful in every other area in my life. But I just can't seem to manage this. Every night is the same. And, you know, and they literally nearly hate themselves for it. And what they don't understand is what the hedonic response is or that that part of the hypothalamus in their brain doesn't have that control that other people would have. And that's where treatment comes in. But unfortunately, this is a treatment that is for life for many who live with obesity. If you come off it, that part of the brain is still not being treated then. And, and unfortunately, then you're back to square one. So it is very difficult. Patients are being pitted against each other. Who deserves it better? Everybody deserves treatment for whatever disease they have. And unfortunately, there are many other uh, treatments for other diseases, but not for obesity. There is none that are being reimbursed apart from one at the moment that only came in just in, in uh, February. So there is a limitation for those who live with obesity. And that to me is just stigma that you cannot access the treatment that you need. Yeah, I I agree with you, Susie. And I think it's that shame and stigma that obesity is some sort of lifestyle choice or that message that's out there around failing or not trying hard enough. That's not helping anybody. Is that shame and stigma palpable in the pharmacists? You're, are you are you feeling it this in the pharmacy? Hearing. This is what we're hearing back from patients. And Unfortunately, too, if you think when you go into the privacy of seeing your GP, it's a one to one in a in a safe environment and you have that chat and they hand you a prescription. and They say this is a treatment for you. And many of the patients don't know the rules behind whether it's off license or what that even means. So they go away and go straight thinking I'm getting help here. And then they go into the pharmacist and we've heard people say literally words like this is being saved for our patients who have diabetes. You don't deserve this treatment. Deserve the actual word deserve, which is appalling. And that's in a pharmacy that could have two or three people standing beside you at the counter waiting for their medication. And the shame you feel at that moment when you're standing there and being told, we are not giving this to you when your GP already has. And, and that has to stop. That is appalling. Um, stigma is known to perpetuate that patients will not seek ongoing treatment or care. And that is the circle that we have got to stop with stigma. Um, sorry. No, do not apologise, Susie. This is your time and <laughs> you get that <laughs> message out there and I am right behind you. Thank you so much for coming on. Will you stay on the line there? I'll go to some of the texts. I am on Ozempic over a year, had tried over 30 different things to try and lose weight. I have Crohn's disease and therefore was retaining weight due to a metabolic issue. I think it's unfair that we are now being looked upon due to the shortage of the drug, looked down upon due to the shortage of the drug. And Susie could attest to that from some of the stories that she has heard. And why are you talking, says another, about Ozempic like it's a cosmetic drug? My brother is on it the last six months. He's lost over four stone in weight. It has changed his life dramatically. Before he had low back, ankle pain and knee pain, which was debilitating. He has a plan with his GP for how long he'll be using it and also a nutritionist. Just because some some idiots use it for body image reasons, it's important to see the life-changing benefits it has for people. And I'm all for that. It's just the whole mentality of diet culture and forcing people and pushing people and pressurising people to become a certain weight can lead to very unhealthy behaviours. And it is being used in Hollywood by some of the A-listers. And apparently it's spoken openly on some of the shows like The Real Housewives and everything. So 
I am agreeing with you that that is not how it should be discussed. I'm joined now by Sheena Mitchell, who runs Milltown Total Health Pharmacy in Dublin. Sheena, you're very welcome. Thank you, Claire. And you are a pharmacist with empathy for this. In fact, you have released a, a report into it calling for help in this area. Yeah, absolutely. And actually listening to Ashley and Susie speak there, I just, I was so moved. And even yourself at the start, I think there's a few things that I'd just like to address. When we talk about the Hollywood elite, we have to remember that that represents about 0.01% of the population we are talking about when we're talking about Ozempic patients. The reality is that 60% of all adults in Ireland are overweight or obese. And 20% of children are also living with overweight and obesity. It's predicted that half of the world's population will be overweight or obese in the next 12 years. So it's really important to emphasize the urgency and the impact of this on our nation's health and on global health indeed. So this is not a conversation that I want in any way linked with aesthetics because this is about health. Obesity is associated with type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, respiratory disease, several types of cancer, pain and musculoskeletal disorders. So my point of view is, surely it makes more sense to treat obesity and even from a pharmacoeconomic perspective, so a finance perspective, when the HC are considering their budgets, surely it makes more sense to tackle obesity than it does to have to then treat all of its associated disease states. And I do take your point about holistic and obviously, like I've spoken to you before, Claire, I'm a very um, open person when it comes to healthcare. I promote exercise and well-being. So whilst I'm a pharmacist, I think this is only one piece of the jigsaw. And as Ashley and Susie alluded to there, there's a lot more that needs to happen on a holistic level to address obesity. Like Ashley spoke about the tools that she's arming herself with for the future when the time comes where she may well be able to withdraw from the medication. So she's learning how to reframe her mindset and she's doing a great job at incorporating exercise and, you know, I suppose diet awareness into that. And there's a lot more we can do as a nation to address things. And obviously you see it in the primary schools. My own kids came home with food dudes, little lunch boxes, and they were given salads every day, foods just to try. But we don't seem to be bringing that from, the, I suppose, the top down. We're bringing it from the children up. Whereas we know that basically socioeconomic differences and deprivation can really impact pe- people's awareness and education on obesity. So I think we need a lot more public campaigns and information i think we need weight management clinics i think even (laughs) i'd be even for extending the school day by half an hour getting rid of homework and having the kids do more sport in school as ashley said there life is really hard so i know there's genetics dispositions to obesity but there's also a huge a lot of more factors like time poverty and education and even finance that come into what foods you're going to pick Sometimes processed foods are cheaper. Maybe we need to be incentivizing and subsidizing our local uh, food producers. Yeah, and we definitely do. And you're right, it's a very complex issue and there's a lot more ways that we can help and support in this area. And I have thin privilege, so I don't know what it's like to live with obesity, but I certainly know what it's like to grow up in diet culture, which is why it's become something that I'm very passionate about 
about talking about getting rid of. And I suppose my question is, do we need a drug like this or do we need to be more supportive of people in a holistic way to help them to make lifestyle changes or 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 manage weight in this area? I would be completely against weight management clinics. I think this focus on loss, loss, loss all the time is just so very difficult for people. It's not just about loss, though, Claire. It's about management. So, again, when we're being holistic, holistic includes sometimes medical intervention. There are people who need the impetus and the crutch. It's just like dealing with mental health issues. Sometimes people need a crutch to enable them to be able to undertake the changes, to reflect and to be able to move forward. So it's part of a holistic package and attitude that we need to change. And I agree with you that it shouldn't be about diet and being this, you know, ideal size. It should be about health and health metrics are what we should be using. But right now, if we don't deal with obesity, we are not going to be able to A, afford or B, to manage or staff the health crisis that's coming with type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, etc. Yeah, and these drug shortages, could we offset the cost of dealing with obesity-related illness to help supply this drug as one part of the jigsaw? So this is why it's important to have this conversation now. So the situation is, at the minute, no matter what we do, there is a global supply issue, okay? So we have been assured, and on my podcast, the Wonder Care podcast, I have two episodes about this, one where I voice over 50 uh, Ozempic patients' opinions and feelings on it, and also explaining the supply chain. So basically, no matter what we do, the company Nova Nordisk who produced this just can't produce enough quickly enough. However, they have other drugs on the market. One of them is licensed in Ireland, but isn't yet available, called Wajovi. And that's sitting currently in NCPE review, which basically means the HC are deciding who and how they're going to reimburse for it, or are patients going to have to pay for it privately. And that's solely licensed for weight loss. And it's the same with, I think it was Susie mentioned, Saxenda, which has come onto the market recently. And again, that's available in very limited circumstances. So you have to have a BMI of over 35 and you also have to be pre-diabetic with high risk for cardiovascular disease. But even then, it's actually unavailable. We can't get even that. And again, it's been suggested that perhaps shame and stigma plays in part to some of that decision making. Well, Sheena, thank you for fighting this fight. That's Sheena Mitchell there based at the Milltown Total Health Pharmacy. And also to Ashley and Susie, thank you so much for coming on and talking about your experience of Ozempic. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk. And this is Claire McKenna in for Andrea Gilligan this afternoon. A few people taking umbrage with me saying thin privilege, but it's it's true. I mean, I've, I can't say I understand exactly what it's like to be in the situation as somebody who has obesity. And I think it's, it's fair and just to say that while I am decrying diet culture. A texter says to say fat people need a drug the same as a diabetic is ridiculous. It can save the life of a diabetic. I struggle with my weight due to a spinal injury. I went from eight stone fitness gym bunny to 13 stone and I'm waiting on neurosurgery at the minute. I'd love to be on that injection but I can't afford it even with a doctor's prescription. It absolutely should be priority to diabetic patients. Overweight people unless medical injuries should not get the same priority. Well I disagree with you. I mean 
we're not talking about like insulin here. We're talking about type 2 diabetes, which can often be associated with being at a certain weight. But why should we make it either or? We're saying they should also be able to get access to it and not be feeling like they're getting judged and experiencing stigma when they ask for it in the pharmacy. Tom is on the line. Tom, you're welcome to Lunchtime Live here on News Talk. How are you? Thanks, William. How are you today? I'm, I'm very well, thanks. And me too. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, like I was saying to your researcher there, um, I'm a type 2 diabetic and I'm actually using uh, Ozempic I think now for the last two years. Uh, at first, I didn't notice much of a difference, but then when I was at my last appointment checkup, um, the nurse asked me, she said, do you notice much of a difference with Ozempic at all and how you're feeling and weight loss and stuff? And I said, to be honest with you, I said, no, I, I don't notice any difference. And she turned the screen around to me and showed me, she said, you've actually lost an awful lot of weight. So, like, in my opinion, like, I mean, Ozempic does actually work for me, but I'm also um, doing an awful lot of walking. Like, I walk probably about 10 kilometers every day. So, you know, it does actually work, yeah. And I think for two, type 2 diabetics, like, who are really making a concerted effort to, to lose weight and stuff, like, I mean, it is a good thing. Well, as we said, there's a kind of a holistic view um, with it, you know, getting out and moving your body, having a healthy relationship with food, working on other issues that, that might be there, as well as a, a medical intervention is the way to look at it. But as you're somebody with type 2 diabetes, would you be opposed to somebody getting it for weight loss alone? I haven't really thought that much about it. I did see um I did see a section on Virgin Media TV one night and I was very interested in it but I, to be honest I haven't really drilled down like I mean and you know weigh up the pros and cons like I mean of who should and who shouldn't have it. But um yeah I just know from my point of view like I mean it does work and it is a good thing like, I mean if it if it's a good thing for everybody and roll, you know, but I know it is branded. I think the, the Hollywood drug or something, or the Hollywood fat drug, I think is what it's branded as. Yeah, well, Tom, thank you very much for coming on and having such a, a a lovely point of view that, you know, rock on. If it's good for everybody, rock on. Um, Tom there, who has had excellent results with Ozempic with his type 2 diabetes. And the reason the Hollywood thing plays into it, and as Sheena Mitchell, the pharmacist, said, that's only a very small percentage of people who are taking Ozempic. The reality is people are taking it as a medical intervention for obesity, which she was saying should be looked at as an illness and a disease. But it feeds in to the whole idea of this smaller body. And, you know, pictures of the Met Gala went all over the place. Pictures of all of the award ceremonies go all over the place. And people talk about what people look like in their dresses. And we are seeing a bit more of a representation of differences in body shape. But if you're looking at somebody who is a certain size, to know that they've been taking a drug to look that way just feeds into this whole machine that I just think we all need to get off. Let's bring Pete into the discussion. Pete, you're live on Lunchtime Live. How are you doing? Hello, thank you uh, for having me on. Um, I'd I'd just like to say that I used to be very fat, you know. (laughs) I'm not going to beat about the bush. I was over 28 stone and I started to lose weight and after losing about four stone, I peaked, and then I got diabetes type two. Um, I was I didn't know that I had diabetes type two. Um, it was a very shock. It was uh, I think it was something like uh, two points away from going into a coma. I was that that close to it, and 
I ended up going on, on to a Zempic, and I've had great results from a Zempic. My blood sugars have been stable. Um, my life has got a lot easier. I've carried on losing weight. Um, obviously, it was I was still doing the same amount of exercise as I was when I lost the you know the the excess weight that I did have. Um, and it's been really great. It's it's kept my blood sugar stable, and I've I've carried on with my life as normal. But my problem is at the moment is the the availability of the Ozempic is getting to be a bit of a problem. Um, I was due to pick up my prescription last week, and unfortunately, um, I couldn't get it. I've got to pick it up today, which is why I've, I've had to actually come out of work and come into town to get me prescription. Um, I, th- I think, you know, I, I, I don't begrudge fat people from using it or obese people, um, but there needs to be a supply there for the people that need it for diabetes because, I mean, for myself, without it, my blood sugars are all over the place and I, I, I could end up having problems with it, you know. And Pete, did you experience any stigma when you were going to the pharmacist for it? What were you told last week when you couldn't get it? Um, they were just unfortunately uh, we've not had a delivery in because of supply issues due to the, the excess demand of it was was all they told me. I will get it in as soon as you need it. And what will happen if today is the same? Um, well, I've got till the end of the week um, because I, I'm using a bit of sense. I usually get a, a month prescription a week before I need it, so I've got a bit of a leeway. Um, just you know. Well, obviously, you live very rural, so it also pays into that. It's easier to come in and get my stuff earlier than when I actually need it because it's a half hour, 45 minutes drive to the nearest chemist. And do you think you'd be able to continue losing weight without Ozempic? Um, I wouldn't say I'd continue losing weight without Ozempic. Um, I I want to get under 19 stone, uh, well, to about 19 stone, and I'm just under 20 stone now. So I've lost eight stone in total. Uh, I've gone down from a 58-inch waist to a, a 42. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's a big, big difference there. Some of that was with Ozempic, some of it was with, without Ozempic, you know. Um, but without it, I think that I definitely wouldn't continue losing weight like I am doing. Um, because the time that I was, I'm still doing the same amount of mileage per day walking. Um, I've got quite a physically active job. Uh, I'm, I'm like doing uh, gardening and horticulture and stuff like that. So, you know, there's there's quite a lot of exercise there. And without the Ozempic, I didn't lose any extra weight after losing the initial four stone. And why did you want to lose weight originally? Um, originally, uh, I just looked at myself uh, one day and thought, you're fat. Um, I, I, do you know, it was a gradual thing of, of about maybe three or four years where the, the weight sort of really increased and I, I didn't notice it, but as it, it was getting hard to, to find pants for one thing. Um, there's not, not a lot of very large, um, so, you know, like clothes shops as such in Ireland, which... And I had to get a lot of stuff off the internet and it's more expensive. So just on the financial side of it, as well as my physical health, I thought it, it's cheaper if I lose weight. It's easier for me. I can get about easier. And do you feel healthier now as you approach 19 stone? Oh, yeah, for de- for definite. I do feel a lot healthier. Um, I, c- I, I mean, I can walk um, 
on on a, a peak day, I can do anywhere up to twenty kilometres without without a problem. Um, when I was at my heaviest, um, I'd get out of breath after maybe like two, three hundred metres or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. So you've come a long way. Well, Pete, thank you so much for coming on. Wishing you all the best. Um, and when somebody says something like that and I looked in the mirror and I just thought, you're fat, it kind of breaks my heart. But the reality of the situation is that, you know, himself and I, I think it was Ashley earlier said that they couldn't walk 300 metres without being out of breath. Their joints were painful. So it's about so much more than that. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.